Hitler. You know who else likes power? <laughs> that Mayor Garcetti of Los Angeles. Oh, old Eric Garcetti. Keep in mind, when we uh, hear him talking and prescribing and threatening and the rest of it, he's always been an academic or a politician. Yeah, but before we get to him. His, his exposure to the real world is like yours to zebras. You've walked by them in a zoo. <laughs> We're going to play some of him in a second and comment on it. But um, uh, I've been having this struggle with, because uh, I got this, I got the, I got an iPad here that's FaceTiming with Joe, who's at home. Then I got this other iPad uh, that's uh, the text line. And then I got my own phone. And Sean's got his phone and everything. And trying to keep everything powered up. And I've noticed at home we got that problem now, since we're using more devices. So we got Kindles and Chromebooks for school and then our own personal stuff and phones and everything like that. There's like at any given time, without exaggeration, there might be a dozen things charging at one time. I hope something that comes out of all of this soon is is a leap forward in that. Are they getting any better at that? Either battery technology, the charging technology, either batteries that last a week per charge. Or do things charge automatically through the air, which will give us brain cancer, or something. But this just seems so clumsy and like something that can't continue. Well, it takes an enormous amount of time to charge my iPad in particular for yeah, some oh, reason. Oh, yeah. I just bought a brand new iPad, and it's been charging for like a day to try to get it up to 100%. Yeah, the battery life is pretty good on it, but it, yeah, it takes forever. There I should be a leap forward on this. I thought there would have been already. Tired of ch- plugging all these different things in. I realize well, it's a first world problem, but it's... Well, DIY. It's, it's, you, be the change you uh, are looking for, or whatever Obama used to say. Start mixing some chemicals up in your barn and so see should... if you can design a better battery. You know what? I'm going to do that tonight. I'm going <laughs> to sit down at the table with a slide rule and a pen and paper and get to work on a new battery. Jugs full of chemicals. <laughs> Just start mixing them together. And I wonder what would happen if I put some current to this. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. So, uh, Mayor Garcetti of Los Angeles, famous now for putting sand in skateboard parks to make sure people who are going to be more than six feet apart from each other anyway weren't allowed to play and get any exercise or recreation. He's also known for uh, encouraging you to confront people out and about and tell them to go home, which in certain sections of Los Angeles is a good way to meet God uh, and also uh, to rat out your friends and neighbors. Anyway, I haven't heard this, but I understand it's something. Where, yeah, where, where was he speaking, Sean? Uh, this was at a, I believe, at a press conference. It was the Q and A portion. Okay. Uh, this starts with a, a reporter asking a question. I believe it, it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, so we just got a confirmed report that one of the people, um, the homeless people, that was staying at one of the hotels who tested positive for COVID um, left and did not want to return. LAPD has told us they cannot have that person uh make that person stay um so what is the city doing to make sure um these people that have tested positive for covid and um are staying in these hotels actually do stay and if you can't um how do you really stop the spread among the homeless population sure uh and i don't know if there's other cases but that may be one case i think the great success is that we have hundreds of people who are staying uh, at home. We may have people who are not homeless who are not staying at home too. We can never safeguard 100% of that. And somebody who's experiencing homelessness is no different than somebody who's housed. Uh, I would very strongly Hold on tell. Hold a second. What, what does that mean? 
Someone experiencing homelessness. That, that's, that, you that don't say a homeless person. That's what we're supposed to say now. It's yes, someone is experiencing homelessness. I experienced right. Disneyland and a Travis <laughs> Scott concert on Fortnite. I don't know what experiencing homelessness okay. exactly means. I guess it's exactly. But they're no difference than the homed. There no, no, no. You don't brand me as being homed. I'm a person experiencing homelessness. <laughs> Racist. to do that. Yes, I don't have. I'm a person experiencing shelter. Don't label me. Right. That doesn't define me. Right. Of You know, a police force of tens of thousands of people going around and mandating that somebody who was positive, who left their house and decided not to stay, is back in there. But it's very dangerous if they do. Vice versa, the same thing with somebody experiencing homelessness who has a temporary housing in a hotel or motel. So what we do is we try to track those cases. We try to figure out who worked folks in there and where they usually go, uh, working with their case Wait, managers. Wait, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I thought there was something wrong with me there for a while. There were, like, two of those three sentences were had extra words or words missing or... Well, I didn't understand what he was let's saying. Let's look at the tape. <laughs> can we go? Ba- can we go back thirty seconds? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, let's try here. So we're safeguard one hundred percent of that. And somebody right. who's experiencing homelessness is no different than somebody who's housed. Uh, I would very strongly tell people not to do that. We don't have, you know, a police force of tens of thousands of people going around and mandating that somebody who was positive, who left their house and decided not to stay, is back in there. But it's very dangerous okay. if they do. Vice versa, the same thing with somebody experiencing homelessness who has a temporary housing in a hotel or motel. So what we do is we try to track those cases. We try to figure out who worked folks in there and where they usually go, uh, working with their case managers, homeless outreach teams. Um, I don't know the details. I don't know if they're at the tail end. Um, I don't know if it was at the beginning end. But we will always have some cases like that. And I want to remind people that's not just among people experiencing homelessness, but some people who are housed. But our strict direction maintains that we should quarantine people who have been exposed and people who are positive need to stay put. Uh, that is- There's like another 40 seconds of him using words that have meanings. You know what? But I don't know what he's talking about. It disappoints me that this has always worked on me. And we, we, have, we have interviewed we've interviewed so many politicians over the years, and it always happens. You ask him a tough question, and they start in on one of these word salad things, and my mind drifts. And that's right. what they're counting on. They're counting on that you kind of think, I'm bored with this, and then you start thinking about, what I should eat for lunch today. And then they're done, and then you ask the next question. They know that that's the way it works, because they just throw out words for so long that you have no idea. You've lost interest. You don't remember what you asked. Hey, Sean, Sean, back it up like 10, 15 seconds. I'm going to do my imitation of that reporter who asked the question. We will always have some cases like that, and I want to remind people that's not just among people experiencing homelessness. All right, you know what? People you, no, housed. just but never mind. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Forget it. Please stop talking. Forget I asked the question. Who are positive, I don't care. Now that I wish I hadn't asked. Of L.A. County, um, and that is something that will help a, the spread of this continue to go down. Is there like a workshop oh you go to as politicians oh. where they teach you that technique of just keep talking until you see that they're not paying attention, then right. kind of wrap it up, right. and then they'll move on to the next question. That, that's that got to be, because all politicians do that. We've been interviewing them for decades now. But, it's just but a, what it's if a I accidentally, is that accidentally say something terrible or loathsome or that I don't want out there? It doesn't matter. Trust me on this. It doesn't matter. Once you get that thousand-yard stare out of your questioner, be assured, not only are they not listening then, but they've forgotten everything heretofore. Yeah, they forgot what they asked. They no longer care. 
Oh, my God. Jeez, that was a long string oh, of phrases. That was horrible. <laughs> that actually, that became painful at the end. Unbelievable. And then almost transcended into art. <laughs> yeah, it was almost art at the end. So, I don't know. Is there so more many... of that genre? Is that... There's like another 30 seconds. But no, yeah. there's not. No. <laughs> yeah, sure there is. All right. What? You, you calling me a liar? Uh, most people do stay um, overwhelmingly, and that's due to the staff at hotels. I think people out there understand that there are some people experiencing homelessness that can be very challenging in Set terms like of mental health times. issues they have and or addiction <laughs> problems that they have. We know that long before COVID-19. Yeah. So, you can never bat a thousand, but I'm really proud of how successful oh. uh, it has been to keep most people there. Um, it's there much go. safer than all everybody right. being out there Jeez, on the street. All so right. anything As you above said. zero is an improvement, but we're much closer <laughs> yes. to batting That's a thousand three times zero. now. Shut up. Thank you. God, Next I hate you. I hate you right now. Just want to say, can we please keep the chatter to a minimum? <laughs> that was. Uh... Hey, do we have our favorite? Uh, uh, what was what was the Adam Sandler movie with our my favorite line of all time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've you've made us all dumber. The Billy yeah, Madison. that one. Yeah, yeah. Michael, do you have that? That's <laughs> what, what movie is that from again? Uh, Billy Madison. Billy Madison. We'll get that for you. It's we ought to have that around, uh, especially during these troubled times. The number one talent you have to have as a politician is to just talk until people lose interest and start to stare. What you yep. just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber. For having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Oh, yeah, that's the best part. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. May God have mercy on your soul. Oh, so where do you want to go? More and more authorities, people, countries, diplomats are saying to hell with China. Uh, let's see. Who who ought to be concerned about the uh, Chinese bat sickness uh, more than others? We have the underlying conditions. They've more or less nailed that down. You know, Tucker was making the argument last night about why rural areas are being treated the same way with various rules as uh, as the rest of the country. It's not even just rural areas. Um, I mean, that's an extraordinary uh, exception. But half the deaths in the country are in New York and New Jersey. Wow. Half. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Hey, let's dive into that because I had a, a realization yesterday. I mean, just one of those real life things came together. That, you know, political theory is fine and good, but sometimes when you see it unfolding in real life, you understand it better. And that's directly tied to that, that uh, theme. Texas, the second biggest state in the country, has a couple hundred deaths. That's it. That's amazing. It, it really and, is. And, and it speaks, obviously, to the stupidity of, we need a national policy. Come on. No, we don't. As uh, Tucker Carlson pointed out last night, 4,000 people die every year from choking to death while eating, which is uh, you know about where our numbers would be if you eliminated a, just a couple of areas. So, And I uh, tempted fate last night. I, I barbecued up some good steaks, and oh, I was eating them like a bear. Didn't even chew them. They are so good. Oh, yeah. Ripped off giant chunks and tried to force them down your gullet. Choked two or three times, but Judy kept bringing me back. <laughs> She she told me this is the last time. This is the last time. Yep. <laughs> you have to chew, Joe. <laughs> Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The 
But for now, what's clear is that this virus is concentrated, not simply in a handful of states, but in a small number of places, especially southern New York, in and around New York City, and northern New Jersey, particularly the counties from which people commute into New York City. Possibly because these are also the places where most of our national media figures live, the pandemic often seems like a nationwide disaster. It definitely is a disaster, no question about that. Many people have died, and many will continue to die, sadly. But as a factual matter, the virus itself hasn't yet been a nationwide killer. In some states, it has barely happened. Uh, excellent point from Tucker Carlson last night. He goes on uh, with that theme. Uh, 52 there, Sean. So maybe the lesson of all of this is not every place in America is the same. Not everywhere is New York or New Jersey. The threat to rural America from this virus is minuscule. So why are we punishing the people who live outside the cities? It seems mindless and cruel, which is to say it's perfectly consistent with this political moment. And he makes the point that if this, had, if, if this were primarily, if you had the same numbers, but it was all small towns in the Midwest or something, right. what would the national response be compared to it being uh, you know, New York, where everybody's centered? Right. You know, that's interesting. And I've banged the gong so many times about uh, the media being entirely Manhattan and uh, or just, you know, I'll say New York, New York and Beltway, D.C. centric that anything that happens there is just outsized, just many, many, many multiples beyond the coverage it ought to be getting from rainstorms to politicians to whatever. Um, uh, and, and that's absolutely a factor. Uh, and the other thing is the, the urban rural divide that Tucker was talking about. And I think he makes an excellent point. Just the, the human interaction in urban places, if we're talking about a disease, is so vastly different um, in so many ways than in a rural place. You really, comparing the two or, or, or having the same policy for the two is dumb. And, you know, it's funny, I had a, a hell of especially a realization. If just, especially if you just use the six-foot guideline. Having grown up in rural America, there are many days of my life. I uh, I went to work, came home. And I'd live an entire day. I never got within six feet of another human being. Right. <laughs> Not right. one. Whereas if you live in Manhattan, you, you know, you might, you might be within six feet of 30 people before you get to work. So if there's one thing I would like America to figure out to keep us from killing each other or it just, or at least hating each other, um, it, it, I'll, I'll get to the point, but there's one point I want to make. And it, I've known this for a long time. I've talked about it, but I saw it illustrated in a really interesting way. Um, and, and first of all, Jack is going to make fun of me for being an elitist because I belong to a golf club. Mm. Uh, I have been a, a golf freak since the first time I held a club as a working class kid in Chicago. Uh, I couldn't afford to, to hit balls at the driving range. So I'd buy the smallest bucket, then run around grabbing balls and, and just, I just fell in love with the game immediately. And, you know, now I'm at the point in my career that I can join a golf club, and I love it. So I'm not some sort of elitist freak. I want you to know that. But having said that, I belong to this golf club. And, um, and you know, after the crash of 08, uh, a lot of private clubs went uh, semi-private or public or whatever, and and golf fell off. People didn't have any money, blah, blah, blah. So um, a lot of golf courses dealing with the same thing as the economy came back. They got more and more members. And, uh, and we're more and more crowded. And what's interesting, what I've observed is back in the uncrowded days, all the rules were really loose. 
because it just didn't matter that much. You could get a tea time and and things were uncrowded and it just it didn't matter very much. The population density was low. But then as the golf club filled up and there's much more demand for tea times and much greater population density, the percentage of people uh, abusing the rules probably didn't change. You know, not showing up for a tea time they made or blocking out a bunch of tea times and and not necessarily needing them or whatever. It just didn't matter so much. But as it filled up, as the population density increased, it, it became less and less tolerable for that sort of abuse to occur because everything just got gummed up. And so for the first time now, this golf club is instituting specific rules. You can't do this. You got to do this. You can't do that. Otherwise, it would stop functioning. And it's long been known, everybody knows this who studies politics, uh, big cities tend to be uh, more into rules and regulations and generally Democrat politics because they're more meddlesome than more libertarian-leaning uh, Republican politics. And you, listen, vote for whoever you want to vote for. I think you run cities with Democrats for decades, you're going to ruin your cities. But you do have to understand urban people, the way you perceive reality and what government should do is so completely different from rural people or even suburban people. Do you know why? Because their lives are so different. Stop trying to impose your view of how life ought to work on people with very, very different lives. It's all about population density and culture. But that's a big part of it. Uh, coming up, we can talk about how Amazon's market share has slipped so much in the last couple of months. Boy, nobody saw that coming. Uh, no, no. This has been a disruptor for so many different industries and lives and everything. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We have a sleepy guy in a basement of a house that the press is giving a free pass to who doesn't want to do debates because of COVID. And lots of things are happening, right? And I watched a couple of interviews and I say, oh, I look forward to this. But they're keeping him sheltered because of the coronavirus. And he's not moving around. He's not moving too much. (laughs) Got a sleepy guy in the basement. So, yeah. And so then Biden said at some point during the day, I uh, expect Trump to try to come up with a delay to the election. What? Um, use the coronavirus as an excuse to delay the election. So that's not a joke. Not, that's not going to happen. I was able to to track him down. OK. Saying that. Hold on. Here it is. And no sandwagon, <laughs> bushwhacking, horn-swoggling, crocker crocker is going to roll away. Delay the election. You got me <laughs> yeah. there at the end. You got me. So that was a back me, and forth Sean. between them yesterday. And there's some polls out today. I, I just, I just, I can't imagine that they have any meaning whatsoever. Between the distance between now and November is a long time in a normal year. Right now, who knows? Who knows what topics will be on people's minds when they go to vote first week in November? No telling. Right. Could be all about health insurance. Could be all about the economy. Could, who, but but something completely new. 
Who knows? So well, in a regular election cycle where the regular irregular stuff is happening, you have no idea. Now, where right. everything's been turned up on its head, we don't know. Could be anything from war with China to an alien invasion to the boom times are back. Who knows? Well, I saw this and I was happy to hear it. The UK is reconsidering its deal with Huawei. Remember, old Boris Johnson decided to get in bed with Huawei and communist China for their 5G system. Right. Inexplicable. Well, it's explicit by... Uh, the fact that it's cheaper, I guess, is the only splicking you got to do. But the, opening up your your newest, coolest communication system to the communist Chinese in Great Britain, our closest ally. And we said, well, I guess we can't you know, share information with you anymore, et cetera, et cetera. But they were still going to go ahead and do it. Well, apparently the political wind has switched and Boris Johnson is rethinking it. And it doesn't look like he's got the votes now to pull it off, even if he wants to. Yeah, old Bojo hasn't said he's against it, from what I understand, but it's becoming more and more clear that he couldn't get it passed. So thank God the world is waking up to the evilness of China, or it's going to lead us to war. Well, Chairman Xi's uh, flaming bat virus almost killed Bojo. You'd think he'd, you know, he'd have taken that more personally. But anyway, it's probably not going to happen. I hope it doesn't, because, hey, Britain, hello, hello, that would be idiotic. I was, watching, I was listening to a story this morning about the various things China's done in the last couple of weeks in their uh, in the ocean in their area as they try to you know assert dominance in their part of the world, and they are uh, sinking ships and uh, and uh, adding more to those phony islands they built and everything like that. While the world is all busy with the corona and the and the economy, and they're they they're 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 hell bent on expanding and becoming more powerful and. Um, Henry Kissinger warned in several different books that I've read about this that it doesn't have to be that we in China end up going to war this century. It doesn't have to be that way. The only way that would happen is if we started to like really start to eye each other you know, warily and start to get attitudes about each other and start to think it's inevitable. Well, I think that's what's happening out of this. It's absolutely what's happening out of this, and for good reason. Well, I guarantee you, the Politburo, Chairman Xi and company, spend every single day asking the question, no matter what's happening around the world, how can we exploit this? How do we use this? Uh, they just have a different way of, of, you know, projecting their power. And they would be idiots, and they're not idiots, to, uh, to not exploit the hell out of the coronavirus thing that they caused. They're thinking, well, that's a dang shame. Talk to that lab director about his security, would you? But as long as we've unleashed this on the world and there's chaos, what can we do? So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all that they're beefing up their whole super aggressive expansionist militaristic South China Sea policies. Nasty. Uh, Anyway, I mentioned Amazon. So Amazon's market share of e-commerce is still extraordinarily high, but it's much lower than it was before. It's down now to 34, 34 cents out of every dollar spent online for commerce as Amazon, which is still, you know, a home run. You, oh, you, it's enormous. It's just insane. But it was almost half just a couple of months ago. So that's how much it's dropped because of this. And uh, I doubt that we'll ever treat Amazon the same. And we're big Amazon users now that we've discovered, hey, Target can get it there just as fast. And so mm. can Walmart. And so can a variety of other people. We don't have to just buy from Amazon. And a Interesting. Lot of pe- a lot of people have figured that out. In some cases, they have it cheaper. Maybe they can get it to you faster. Also, anything about uh, any promise made by Amazon about when they're going to have it to you is completely out the window now. My wife has pointed out to me. Oh, oh I've noticed that. Because <laughs> I was ordering something, and okay, should I pay extra for the two-day instead of the five-day? She said, it doesn't make any difference. It'll be here in a week and a half. 
the, the, their their promises of when they're going to have something to you just have completely gone out the window. Yeah, I'm a week past uh, something I ordered. In fact, we, we something showed up yesterday. And I said to Judy, I was joking about what it was, and she said, no, it's not your uh, thingy you ordered. It's going to be uh, protein shakes. And I said, I forgot I ordered that thingy. <laughs> yeah, I've had that. I ever- need it, and I want it, but it was so long ago, I forgot. I ordered a plug for our uh, above-ground pool that we use, our uh, horse tank that the kids splash around in for a swimming pool. Somehow I lost the plug, and I just mm. got a rag jammed in the hole, but it leaks, so... Um, but I was going to order a new plug. Normally, I'd have bought it off of Amazon. I went to a couple of other companies where I thought, well, I can, maybe I can get it faster from them. I would have never done that a couple of weeks ago. And if, you, <laughs> and if you multiply that by millions and millions and millions of transactions, that's how you go from half the market share to a third of the market share in a couple of weeks. I'd have just stopped by Horse Tank Plug Hut, but, you know, that's They're up closed to you. because of the corona. Oh, right. Right. I keep forgetting. Horse Tank Plug Hut. Hey, it, I was, it was warm enough yesterday. I filled up the tank, and the kids were splashing around. They were having so much fun. Oh, that's great. That's beautiful. Uh, I want to get to the Mitch McConnell uh, state bankruptcy thing next segment, if we can do that. Um, what was what was that story, Sean? Was that sound we had, or just a written story about the the neighbors and the fence that we were, you mentioned? Off oh, the he air? gave me a picture. Okay, uh, yeah, some people that uh, to to be able to have drinks with their neighbors, they put up like a see through portion of the fence. Oh, that's sweet. That really speaks to America's love of the community and neighbors. Just go next door and have drinks. You're going to be fine. Don't climb on top of each other. But if you're on opposite sides of the fence, you might as well be on the same side of the fence. Just go in their backyard and have drinks. Okay? They're not radioactive and neither are you. This whole freaking bat fever terror thing is just so overdone. Go have drinks with them. Yeah, you were mentioning the other day the weirdness that if you're with somebody and you've got a mask on and they've got a mask on and you're both wondering, do we really need to be doing this? And yeah. Which one yeah. of you is going to be the first to mention? I had that situation with my doctor when I went to the doctor the other day. I was wearing a mask and he came in wearing a mask and he said, do you mind if I take this off? I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain I've got nothing. And I said, yeah, can I take mine off? And he said, yeah. And so then we took them off. Wow, there you go. I was Interesting. Much, I was much more concerned early on when I still had the random points of contact, right? But now, like, if if I've essentially been sheltering in place and you've essentially been sheltering in place for two-plus weeks, the, there's very little outside variables that we can't account for. You know, let me amend my remarks and just say, because I've been reading about this as an overweight guy with high blood pressure, that people are most at risk if they are obese, have uh, hypertension, heart disease, uh, diabetes. That's the stuff. And if you're a fat New Jer- North New Jerseyite with high blood pressure, um, then maybe you shouldn't be next door with your neighbors having drinks. But uh, the rest of you, go ahead. Just the whole, and, and Jack, you've made the point, I think, quite effectively. Those of you who are the people who the late night comedians seem to think is everybody, you haven't been out of your home in, in six weeks. I mean, you're just hunkered down. You probably got the lights off and blanket over your head. Um, the, a great deal of the world is not behaving like that. Traffic's way down. I saw a shot of uh, Times Square, or I'm sorry, it was a uh, Broadway at five o'clock yesterday. It shocked me. There were just no well, cars. New York's an exception, though. Ex- exactly right. But Half of the deaths in the entire country are in New York and New Jersey, which is amazing. Right. 
But there are a hell of a lot of people in a hell of a lot of places, more or less, going about their lives and doing fine. Yeah, my commute is back to normal. I was at the Circle K where I stopped to get bottled water yesterday, and it has gone from ghost town-ish a couple of weeks ago to it was completely full-on cars at every pump getting gas, people coming in and out of the store yesterday. There you go. There you go. And, Uh, you know, that's... You can make whatever rules you want. People are people are going to do what they're going to do. Well, but I grasp the I I wear gloves and stuff when I grab the gas handle and stuff. I'm not just going to yeah. put my bare hand on that. The, the, well, they're kind of gross. I might yeah. keep that up. I, that's what I wonder. Will I ever yeah. go back to normal? Will I ever grab a gas handle with my bare hand ever again in my life? Because I don't like having a cold. It's not going to kill me, but it's certainly annoying for a week and a half. And right. if I, and if I could avoid that by Wearing a rubber glove whenever I grab a public thing. Why not? That and banisters. Oh, I hate banisters. banisters. <laughs> people running their hand down where there. Are you in, where, are you in, where are you coming in contact with all these banisters? Stairs. I think I go months at a time without coming across a banister. Escalators. Mm. <clears throat> There's just so gross. Yeah, a so, person should never. I don't. I ne- Before coronavirus, I didn't put my hand on the escalator like at the Phoenix airport where they got the walk thing. I'm not touching that thing. Yeah, I know. But it's disgusting. I'll bet if you knew the number of people that have touched that that day, you wouldn't ah. touch it either. Because ah. it, it could be. Couldn't it easily be 10,000 people? Well, and then kids. Smearing their snot all over ah, there. That's disgusting. That's horrible. I had children. Rotten should be seen. Little plague taxis is what they are. Hey, uh, you a fan of flabby old men shouting insults at each other? Well, Mitch McConnell and Governor Cuomo in New York went at it. We have some clips and some incisive analysis of the issue coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. Little Fountains of Wayne. He died uh, from Corona early on in this thing, didn't he? That's one of the weird things about this disease. So, if those numbers are right out of New York yesterday and uh, L.A. County that came out from USC the other day, and the the cases are way higher than anybody thought. I mean, just exponentially higher than anybody thought before. So then Some the, places they're seeing 15 times as many, some 45. So then when, when people were talking earlier that, hey, 80% of people don't even show symptoms, it's got to be more like 98% of people don't show any symptoms. A lot of people are looking to the uh, USS Roosevelt, the giant aircraft carrier that was a closed system, a lot of uh, interchange and a lot of spread of the COVID, and the numbers are pretty interesting. Um. But it's good news and bad news, obviously, uh, in that, uh, you know, the guy from Fountains of Wayne, just a regular guy. What was he, like 50 years old? Something like that, yeah. Healthy enough. And you get it and you're dead in a couple of days. Yeah. Where And then 95% of us maybe don't get any symptoms at all. And it's extremely contagious. What a weird disease. Right. Right. You, you have nothing or you're dead in a couple of days as a healthy person. Whoa, that's a weird one. And nobody has any idea who has it or how many people have it. Just insane. So, listen, uh, one of the more interesting political issues of our time, and we've been predicting this for years, is going to be which state is the first to declare bankruptcy. It's clearly going to be Illinois. It's a race between California and Illinois, right? 
Mm, no, Illinois is ahead like Secretariat because California has Silicon Valley. Mm. Without Apple and everything else, it'd be California. But. Yeah, in, in all probability, especially as the unfunded pension liability bomb hits. But anyway, speaking of that, uh, Mitch McConnell was talking to Hugh Hewitt. I don't trust Hugh Hewitt because of his name. It's like John Johnson, you know, Bill Williamson. It's just wrong. Bill Williamson. <laughs> uh, but uh, why don't we uh, play clip number two here. This is Mitch McConnell. I would certainly be in favor of allowing states to use the bankruptcy uh, uh, route. It saves some cities. My guess is their first choice would be for the federal government to borrow money from future generations to send it down to them now so they don't have to do that. Uh, that's not something I'm going to be in favor of. Right. And uh, Mitch also made it clear that he would declare or he would require, the law would require serious reform to go along with bankruptcy. It's like a company can't just declare bankruptcy and then uh, go off scot-free. There's a settlement with the creditors and the rest of it, and they've got to show the judge that going forward they're going to operate in, in a way that's responsible. Uh, Andrew Cuomo of New York, not pleased with that in Cut 21. States should declare bankruptcy? That's how you're going to bring this national economy back? By states declaring bankruptcy? You will see a collapse of this national economy. So just dumb. So the headlines all day long were uh, fairly one-sided, as you'd expect in these stories. Andrew Cuomo decimates Republican hypocrisy and vile partisanship was the headline in the Washington Post. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, no kidding. Jeez Louise. <laughs> uh, Governor Cuomo rips Mitch McConnell's really dumb suggestion on CNBC. The Guardian said Cuomo slams Mitch McConnell's reckless suggestion. New York Post, even, which leans right, said Governor Cuomo slams Grim Reaper McConnell over coronavirus funding. Uh, I believe the point is, oh, and then so some of the other ones got into it being about blue states, right? Um, uh, that uh, McConnell's okay in letting blue states go broke, go bankrupt, and because they're blue well, state, because they're Democrats. Well, the <laughs> I, the idea from uh, conservative leading people is that blue states have a tendency to have ridiculous programs they can't afford and drive themselves into bankruptcy. And often are utterly uh, bent over receiving the public employees unions, which have run up these enormous pension bills. Yeah, the reason that Mitch McConnell's in favor of letting blue states go bankrupt is it's blue states that are going to go bankrupt. That's why. There's a little simple analysis for you. Uh, Let's hear a clip number three from Cuomo. New York puts in more money to the federal pot than it takes out. His state takes out more than it puts in. Senator McConnell, who's getting bailed out here? It's your state that is living on the money that we generate. All right, first of all, my big government-loving friend, uh, you've just made a hell of a powerful argument for reducing the scope, size, and expense of the federal government in favor of state governments, which would be lovely. Second of all, the choice is, as Mitch McConnell said, a choice between admitting we're out of money, we've run ourselves completely into the ground financially, we need to start over again, or the federal government taking money from all of the responsible states and, well, and essentially stealing it from our children and grandchildren and bailing you out. At first I thought, whoa, states declaring bankruptcy, how would that work? I know, that sounds bad. But listen, 
People would be people, institutions, bond buyers, banks, etc., governments would be really hesitant to lend Illinois, for instance, money because Illinois wrecked its own finances. Now, Cuomo, and I'm sure, you know, your various governors of blue states would argue, well, the coronavirus, nobody saw this coming. Why the hell do you think your, your grandparents, your parents told you to save? Because life is always rosy and perfect? No, it's because things go sideways and you're going to need savings. You cannot come to me as the governor of Illinois or New York or California or whoever and say, oh, it was unforeseen what happened. That's why we're out of money. No, you're out of money because you mismanaged your finances for decades. And then when something slightly inconvenient came up, it's a disaster. Um, so we haven't gotten into, because I just think this is overblown and stupid, but... Uh... Uh, similar to the way the headlines were about the dust-up between Cuomo and McConnell, they're pretty misleading about Trump's press conference yesterday, which I don't watch any of these, and I only see the highlights. Um, uh, I saw one highlight, though, and it sure didn't look to me like he was suggesting we inject Lysol, but that's what the headline is. Of course. everywhere. But anyway, um, Hillary Clinton tweeted out, Hillary Clinton, you remember her? Hillary Clinton tweeted out, please don't poison yourself because Donald Trump thinks it could be a good idea. Worried that people are going to inject Lysol. This is what I like, though. Ben Shapiro retweeted that, and cat. You know how you get to retweet, and then you put a little your own little comment on top of it. Mm-hmm. He she he retweeted Hillary Clinton's, <laughs> and just put Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> oh boy, I love that. Oh that's boy, didn't trolling. see that coming. I didn't either. Sucker punch. <laughs> that's, that's some good trolling right there. Uh, we need more of that, huh? Oh, hey, after. Uh, indeed, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's make the accent on fun next hour. Although I do have some fascinating <laughs> statistics on the various states involved in the bankruptcy argument and and how giant their bureaucracies are. Not coincidentally, uh, among other things. Yeah. Um. Uh, NFL draft. How did that go? Uh, they held it yesterday. Did you know that? Armstrong and Getty.